Well, welcome back to another episode of the Mag Life mm. podcast. Today I've got Don Mojo up in the Airbnb. Not exactly the uh, the best location. It was way cool outside. It's a little dark now, but it uh, doesn't matter. It's going to be cool anyway. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, and thanks for making the trip out to the PN Dubs, dude. I appreciate that. Out here in the PN Dubs, it's a uh, it's, it's a weird thing because people love being from Texas, and they're they're Texans, almost Texans before Americans, hundred percent, even. That's the thing. But that's sort of a thing up here too, to a certain degree. Being yeah. being the PN Dubs. Yeah, the P, the Pacific Northwest has a breed of people in it in and of itself. So, um, I would they're interesting people. Yeah, I'm saying that because my my buddy over there and myself we're both from we are those people we are those people as well. So. <laughs> and you arrest those people yes, on a regular basis. Yes. <laughs> yes. Interesting people. Drugs are legal here. Yeah, it's a weird concept. <laughs> coming from Texas, the the way that we handle property crime versus the way it's handled here, it's a completely different ballgame. Well, if you're not familiar with Mojo. Um, he does a lot of training-oriented videos on his channel. You may have seen him on Grand Thumb's channel. That's kind of, would you say that's the big blow-up kind of day? Honestly, on, on the YouTube channel, um, for, for the YouTube space, yeah. yeah. I, absolutely. Uh, Mike was like, hey, dude, can you come over and like record a video for me? Or record a video with me, not for me. I'm like, what, do you, what you got in mind? He's like, how to control recoil? Or like how to shoot fast? I'm like, sure. Hell yeah. I'm like, I, I can do that, absolutely. So... Um, Mike asked me to come over, and he only lives like an hour from here. So I went over to his place, and literally the video was done within 45 minutes. Wow. He was just like, we, he had, he, he's like, what did you have in mind? I'm like, hey, can I just ad lib it? And I just need you to do what I ask, and then we'll do some drills, and then I'll explain some stuff. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, dude, money. And the videos got done. Then he asked me to come back for a second one, which was the how to control recoil on a gun with rifle, pistols, and... Yeah, that's what I would say. That blew up the YouTube for sure. Right. The Instagram at the time was probably about maybe 140, 150,000 already, maybe 160. And then now I'm sitting at about 190-something. I don't know exactly where. That's a lot. Since I think I started that Instagram 2014, it's gotten like four or five different uh, name changes since then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it took off when I was still active duty and I was like shooting at the range at like a local range that we had. And then gotcha. people started following the account and next thing you know, yeah, I'm here now. And then I found that knack for loving to teach and like training and getting better with firearms. And it's absolutely. Fun. And I, yeah, I've been enjoying it ever since, man. Well, you created a pretty awesome environment for learning uh, and that. training for sure. Even for me today, like obviously you, you bring your, your buddies out there and train them and, and it's all just a, extremely wholesome experience. It's, it's not necessarily me training them. I, I, I would say that I have, uh, I'm just, I'm just kind of like dry. I try my best to like kind of be like a conductor and like kind of just drive the sure. train a little bit. But um, everyone of our friend group, everyone in our friend group, my buddy Anthony, buddy Brian, uh, the buddy Brian or the buddy Ryan, all these dudes that come out, Shane, all these dudes that come out with us, um, they bring something special to the table. And they, it's like, you know the answer to the test? I just got to kind of poke you. And then sure. you, you kind of figure out, like, you, you and you kind of splurt the answer out. It's like, boom, you figured it out on your own. You just needed some guidance. That's what we've kind of, like, realized that's a formula on the range that works for us. And it only works if you have other people that want to be there and, like, train as well. 
And if of you course. get if you surround yourselves with those kinds of people, then everyone's training everybody, man. It's just a good time. It's you just might you want a little dude to like kind of push everybody in the right direction, and once that happens, dude, it's game on, bro. I feel like that's what a lot of people want. You know, they they want to have a core group of guys that all push each other to try and get to. Uh, be better than they were yesterday. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you have a, a vested interest in making sure that you perform at a pretty high level, being act, be. act, active duty law enforcement. Um, and that's not necessarily a uh, a thing that you see in all cops. You know, not all cops going to the range on a weekly basis to shoot sure. and actually drive themselves to get better. Some of them just qual and they call good. Yep, and call good. Unfortunately, that's a that's a major problem with the law enforcement community. Also, understanding that I'm not married. I don't have kids, so my priorities can shift a little bit, right? And sure. I, if, if I get married and I all of a sudden have kids, then that might be a different story. I mean, you and I may not be having this conversation again, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, I'm with the kiddo, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dude, I can't come hang out and stuff. But um, it's not just with shooting. I mean, shooting is a very important part of the, being a cop and stuff, for sure, because you carry a gun for a living. Right. Um, there are other social skills that are super important as well. I would like to have cops, like, with me. I mean, unfortunately, the guys at my, my agency and the gals are – all awesome. Like, they're really solid. They shoot pretty well. Um, they know how to talk to people pretty well. And that's, like, one of the more, I guess, important skills, I would say. I would Social skills. Yeah. Like, getting your point across, not sounding like an asshole. Like, you know, see the videos online, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Defensive tactics is another one. Like, physically fits another one. Being able to fight a dude. Being able to talk your way out of a fight. Being able to talk somebody into handcuffs. I would say all those mm. encompassing altogether... Maybe a little bit more important than being able to pull a trigger, but this is the one thing you don't want to fuck up. Sure, I mean, yeah. It's for sure, if it ever has to happen, because, you know, plenty of cops there put guns at people quite often because of things that they're doing, things that they see based on their training and experience. Uh, like, they know that this leads to that, and it's like, oh, gosh, and then the gun comes out, and like, it's like, hey, this person only shot once this year. Yikes. Yeah. There, is a, there is a pandemic in that, in that realm of, like, cops need to be more aimed more, but obviously with... Locally, it's like, we're not really locally, but everywhere in the nation, defunding the police, it's like, where are they going to get the money yeah. to do that now? So it's just like, oh, you got to figure it out on your own, I guess. And there's some departments that, like, if you want to have a patrol rifle, you have to get your own. It has to be approved, but they're not necessarily going to issue you one. No, they won't. Which just kind of adds another hurdle, another thing you got to get through uh, in order to just have a patrol rifle, which, you know, whatever. All that comes <laughs> down to is budgets. Budgets, right? like we yeah. Can't, we can't afford to buy you a rifle. We're super lucky our agency issues some pretty awesome guns. So, like, when you get hired on, um, get a Glock with an optic and a light, or you get a SIG with an optic and a light. Depends. They give you all that whole spang. They issue you a Rapid Force duty holster or Safari Land holster, depending on which one you wanted. And then after that, your rifle. Once you get the rifle thing, you get a 11.5-inch FN with a Gemtech direct thread can, uh, LPBO, and then a Streamlight ProTac. Get for our nice. That's pretty that's, sick, dude. That's a hell of a setup. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it now, but it's like shifting that way. Like a lot of agencies here in Washington are starting to become that way. I mean, that's what we've been seeing uh, based on like what agencies have been purchasing, people have been running around with. And I'm one of those guys. Like the only agency issued gun I have is my pistol. I keep it stock. Put an optic on it. Put a magwell. Put a light. That's it. Don't touch anything else right. internally. But my my duty gun. It's my personal gun. Record rifle, that thing you shot today. Yep. That, like, didn't move. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I told you, man, that thing is that thing was a beast in and of itself. You man. did, and I didn't believe you. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I knew it. still went, my body at least didn't, even if my mind was like, yeah, no recoil. I shot once, and I'm like, I'm pulling way down, expecting, you know, a regular two, two, three, five, five, six sort of recoil. Yeah. And it was like, it was nothing. And it was tuned really well with the gas, too, because left-handed, you know, I'm getting a lot of 
gas to the face, but that really wasn't bad at yeah, all. Yeah, it, it was. I, I've uh, the gun originally was built by Ripcord Industries. My buddy Steve built me the gun. I'm like, this is awesome. I had some fine tuning adjustments into the gun by the bolt, the mm-hmm. freaking buffer buffer two buffer spring, and after that, the gun just shot like a dream. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, game over. So I've been running that gun ever since, man. And that thing is has refused to die on me. I think it's been amazing. Dude, yeah, our range, our range day to day was a blast. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad you had fun. Dude, it was a lot of fun, and and that's the biggest part for me too. Is I mentioned it while we were out there. Is I don't necessarily just want to go out and shoot. I want to practice too. I want to actually build towards something and get better yeah. because number one, it could save my life one day, and maybe other people that I care about's life. But number Absolutely. two. I like being in the space of being a student and learning something and have to actually work through problems. Um, but I, I struggle figuring out how to actually improve in a sense of like, what do you think the best way is to know what you're not good at? Shoot with other people. Shoot with other people. Because <laughs> I think being on camera helps. Yeah, being on camera does help for sure. That it, just to look back and oh, see. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, in, in terms of like a this. coaching aspect of like looking back, but like. But there's more to it than that, dude. If like I could sit here and draw my gun, fire six rounds, and then my buddy Anthony comes into play, and like his time is really close to mine, and I'm like, ha, huh, this shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> like why? So it really forces you to like hone in all the individual skills and like where am I where am I lacking where is he right. catching me where do I need to speed up so he doesn't catch me vice versa it's all friendly competition of course but right. um, I get that a lot from shooting people that pressure for me the pressure used to be when the camera's on that yep. pressure is gone Agreed. from that from the camera yep. it's now on when other people are watching so mm. that's why and then like hey again remember I told you earlier get comfortable being uncomfortable yep. right so like, now it's like, hey, we do cold start of the month videos. However you fuck up that drill, oh it's going on the internet, dude. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like, everyone's <laughs> going to see that. However 30, 40, 50,000 people see it, they're going to see it, dude. So it's like, ugh, damn. That's like, I put you on the spot. It's like, this is your cold start, dude. Have fun, buddy. Good luck. It's like, yeah. hey, make one up real quick. So shooting with other people has been one of the bigger ones. That and then... Obviously, like you mentioned, for the coaching aspect, it's been the recording stuff. Um, I have hundreds of hundreds of hours of videos on my computer and on my phone because um, this phone has like 512 gigabytes and it's almost full because of all the videos that I have on my phone of me shooting. And then people, I remember at work, I'll be sitting there and it's a slower day or whatever and I'm like scrolling through my phone I'm watching videos of me shoot. Like, what do you always watch yourself shoot? And I'm like, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying Diagnose to learn. and critique. Yeah. yeah, it's like I can't like subconsciously leave my body, turn around and I'm like, let's look at this dude shoot. Like, I can't do that. Right. Like, how else am I going to do it? Oh, I noticed that my, my, my gun keeps moving when I draw. So my belt, my, my belt is, or my, the holster's not locked into the belt or something like that. Or I, I keep seeing that when I reach for a magazine, I'm reaching over here when the mag's over here. Um, that means mm. I have to build a consistency or right. I need to maybe move the gear to where my body is naturally wanting to grab. You get a lot from videos. Um, we, we tend to, uh, ourselves, like our friends have a Discord. So like after every range day, we will straight up go back to, I'll go back to my place, so go back to their house. I'm like, hey, I'll be on Discord in like an hour or two. After I shower, get guns cleaned up, whatever. We all hop in the Discord and I play the videos for everybody to watch so that they all watch it and they're like, oh, Anthony watches his thing and he sees certain things. And usually the thing of Mojo is if you fuck something up in the drill, I just repeat it over and over and over. <laughs> so you see. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, or if someone made a noise or someone made a scream or someone fucks like, woo, woo, and you just see that repeatedly. 
So we do that a lot and being very analytical in yourself. And again, there's no egos. Yeah, and you have to get rid of that. You got to get rid of it, dude. Like It's like you're not going to get anywhere. Yep. So, and again, like earlier I talked about shooting with other people. It's not necessarily like, hey, you run the drill, then I run it. It's like putting them head to head. That's a mm. big one. You, so like now I watch my, my buddy Brian and my buddy Anthony. They're sitting there shooting, and I get to watch both of them, and I'm like, there's there's progression in all of them, and it's really fucking cool to see. Yeah. Like you see like when I first started shooting with these guys, and then I shoot I see I shoot with them now. It's not me. It's them. They're putting in the work, dude. Yeah. They're showing up. They're 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 spending the money on the gear. They're doing their thing. They're coming out and they're putting in good work, and that shows. Regardless of what book you read or whatever instruction you received, they're the ones diagnosing it. They're the ones like picking it up and putting it back down, and then it shows when they're when back in the day the dude used to run a drill at twenty five seconds. You look at it now, dude did it in like fifteen sixteen. You're like, what the. Like that's a lot of time shaved like, off. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of time shaved off, and I'm sitting here like I improved one whole second. What the <laughs> fuck? Like yeah. Jesus Christ! Well, yeah, exactly. Like early on, you make crazy strides, and then you know towards the top, the difference between an expert and a master is like one percent. Yeah, that's true. You're not wrong. That's absolutely true. Um, I'm definitely you know nowhere uh, near either, but I'm trying to still trying to figure it out as we go, man. For sure. Like uh, you don't think you'd consider yourself an expert? I, Pistol shooter? Uh, you ever shot any competition? Like Never have. Really? Never shot a comp before. I mean, okay, well, back in the day when I was still in the Marine Corps, there was a group of older dudes uh, that were, like, running an IDPA match. Ran the match. I, I got first place. Cool. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, and then uh, uh, when I was at my first police academy, um, I was at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in New Mexico. It was Roswell. Um, I ran a steel match with a Beretta, and I placed, like, second or third or something like that. When I was running a Beretta, I went on 2011s, and, and I ran a straight-up Beretta M9, uh, M9A1 that was uh, decocked and on double action. So I'd run it how I ran it on duty. Wow. So I'd have to draw the gun from level three, defeat the safety, and then start working the problem steel targets, and I, I scored pretty high on that one against dudes with, like, 2011s, custom Glocks, stuff like that. So, I mean, again, but that's subjective i could have gotten lucky that day so i don't know well i mean i doubt it but sure i'll give you that yeah maybe maybe you got lucky in that case uh, is that just not necessarily your speed or like you're just not interested in shooting competition or honestly i i should i should absolutely there's no rebuttals against it like i honestly have no rebuttals against it i think you'd kick ass number one now maybe. there are some people out there who mostly come from the law enforcement side that say that gaming, which is what they call, you know, shooting competition, is not real. It's going to get you killed, and there's nothing that you can take from that I would like and to apply a, it to real shooting. That's weird because, like, I game calls every day at work. Weird how that works, huh? Hmm. Set my car up in a certain position in case anything goes wrong. That's me gaming it. Um, if anything's saucy or anything's crazy and the gun needs to come out before certain things happens, the gun goes behind my leg and I walk. Gaming it. It's exactly right. um, getting getting people to certain locations prior to something bad happening because I'm expecting something to go wrong. Like let's say, hey, dude's about to run. I know it. I'm like, can I get units to the other side? That's that's gaming. What's wrong with that? They have the <laughs> they, they have no they have no problem with doing that at work. But when it comes to a target shooting, they have a problem with gaming it. Yeah, and it's it's especially strange to hear that there's no translation. Like you're telling me that a fast draw. On target yeah. couldn't help you any other way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid in my opinion. So I also the reason why I'm saying it with so with so much like aggression. 
I used to be that guy. <laughs> really? I was like, I want to fucking game that shit. I don't want, because I was always, remember, I remember like seeing stuff like, I didn't want to, and I said this myself, I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. I was like, I don't want to be beat by a guy that gamed it better than I did. Hmm. If I want raw performance. So like, I'll stand here and shoot a build drill. And then it's like, you and I will go head to toe. And it's like, yes, let's say I beat you. But then all of a sudden there's a, a course of fire that you know how because if you you only need to shoot this one twice to get max points or whatever and then then you could start moving to here and it's just like well doesn't doesn't mean you're a better shooter than me it means right. you gamed it better than I did yep and so I always did I didn't like that I was like nah I'm not gonna do competition for that reason alone um, and then as the years have gone on and I've kind of sat down I'm like I'm a child stop dude like <laughs> stop and then I was like. But again, I don't practice what I preach. I should be going out to competitions, but to be honest with you, I have a lot more fun. Because like the competitions, you pay extra X, Y, and Z money. True. You only shoot 30 to 40 rounds, or maybe, maybe, I don't know, I've never been to one, so you only shoot a certain amount of bullets, and then you can get disqualified for certain things that would apply in real life. Like, if I faced uprange in real life, as long as my gun's not pointed at you, I'm good. Do it at a comp, all of a sudden they're like, yeah. oh, that's why like a lot of, some of my friends that shoot comp, I will, I will say I've, I have seen that some buddies that shoot competition, they come out to the range with us and they run going this way, like this. Yeah, with their or gun. Or like that. And I'm like, what At the you? 180 rule. Like, yeah. Just put your gun down. Do a holster index. Do like something that's normal. What are you doing? Like, oh, sorry, bro. Bad habits from competition. I'm like, mm. Mm. I've never seen a cop in the street. I mean, like, thankfully, I've never seen a cop like, oh, crap, something's going on. Oh, crap. I got to push to a new, a new position of advantage or a piece of cover. Yeah, keep it pointing down. Yeah, <laughs> right at the target. But yeah, so you know what I mean. I've never seen that before, and I, thankfully, but you know, it's just little things like that. Um, I I would like to go to a comp. I just have more fun shooting with my friends on my days off. You know. Yeah, hell yeah. And that's that's because uh, like my biggest thing is like as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. Like if you have fun, you're gonna learn. Now, are there certain things that are gonna push you out of that comfort zone to be able to um, expose a lot more weaknesses or get, make you better? Sure, but. Right now, my life is limited, and I enjoy that time with my friends and shooting sure. guns on my weekends and my days off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, I, to me, it's this sort of similar in the sense of, like, shooting airsoft. Like, yeah. there are some things that translate, and then some that obviously don't. Like, the way that your your rounds are just going to kind of go wherever, yep. yeah, after, after a certain distance. Um, and, you know, I've shot a few small little airsoft matches or whatever. It's not like a competition or anything, but... And these kids, they'll walk around with their safeties off, flagging everybody. Right. Because they know it's not a real gun. So, like, obviously, you can get some training scars or whatever sure if you, you don't apply the real-world application. But there's still plenty to gain mm -hmm. from that situation. So you've been to you've been to Milsim West, right? Not to Milsim, no, American Milsim. Yeah, American Milsim. I've been there. Um, Was it twice, three times now? Twice, yeah, I've been twice. And, man... Talk about fun <laughs> on a grand scale. Oh my God. I'm tell, I'm gonna tell you what, bro. So um, the airsoft thing for us was really fun. Uh, we've been using it, first of all, as a way of physical fitness. Because like, if you're having fun, you don't notice that you're like, you're dead ass tired, oh, yeah. you're sweaty as crap. So like, we go out to these events, we get kitted up in gear, and we go out and we shoot other people legally. Right. Can't beat it, dude. I mean, granted, the guns get expensive. The BBs, the pyro, I think our, our copperhead one that we went with Travis Haley, again, we spent like close to 900 something dollars in pyrotechnics of grenades to throw at people. Just, that was just the grenades, bro. We had like 40 millimeters, like launchers. Like my buddy Anthony would carry, I would carry, just go tunk, and change out the rounds. Tunk, yeah. and just repeat it. Shoot it in windows. 
buildings, all this other crap. And I'm like, crap. Like, so the thing was, what we gained from the airsoft was um, team tactical team communication, being able to communicate with one another, uh, large scale planning. So mm-hmm. like certain people would take the helm, like take charge of a team, and it's like you understanding where your boys at, what they're doing, and how that's going to help the bigger picture. That was super cool. Being able to like you know play that piece in your head. Yeah. Because most of us we're just pawns, like we're or like we're just little freaking mechanical wheels in the in the cog, right? You know right. what I mean? Whatever the saying is, but. In that case, like sometimes, like at Iron Horse, I was like, "Hey, this is what I want to do. This is the plan I have. You guys all want to join me?" Like, yes. And then I'm like, "All right, cool. I need dudes here. I need doing this here. If anything goes wrong here, I need dudes to be able to back that up or go to a different route to able to relieve some pressure off those guys." And you work those problems. And then after that, your basic weapons fundamentals, like all of the gun guys that went with us. We had a SWAT guy, had a SF dude, had military dudes, LE, everyone that was there. You can tell they refuse to flag you. Yep. They always run in their gun on safe. They would fire a six string of BBs at people, and then they would put the weapon on safe, and then they'd do their scans, like, oh, he's not down yet, or he's got buddies. Work that problem, the way they would move, the way they would talk. Um, I found myself using a lot of verbiage that I use at work there as well, and I'm like, holy crap. So we're getting a lot out of it. Um, always the counter arguments is people, just like anything we do, whether it's airsoft or firearms, having a narrow-minded will get you nowhere. You have to figure out, like, that's why at the end of every drill, I was talking with you guys, so what did you get out of that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, because originally it's like, hey, you just have a drill that's going to be, just, this is all this is. I want you to do this, and that's it. But it's like, if you really open it up, what are you really getting out of it? Oh, a processing ability, or the ability to process information in your head, like you're identifying the target. Oh, the ability to move from point A to point B. Uh, you're looking at the way you're moving, the way you're moving your gun, where your gun's oriented, setting up a position beforehand. Oh, but it's just shoot here, move <laughs> yeah. here, then shoot again. Now, if you think like that, then obviously it, it, you're going to be limited. Yeah. But for us, when we went to do these airsoft games, it was there was so much more to it. And there was a bigger picture, so it was a lot of fun. We made it fun. Like I don't give of a course. shit if people hate it, people like it. Cool. I don't give a fuck because I was having fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my friends and I, we, we make this thing a trip every year to go out to these airsoft games. Um, I have a lot of like cool followers that go out there too, and they're like, it's Mojo. I'm like, it's me. Hi. And like, we'll <laughs> go hang out with everybody, and we get to sling, le- or sling BBs with these dudes, and it's super cool. We had like a adjunct team of like 30 dudes that like follow me on instagram and our buddies and whatever and they were we were all like one big hitting squad like a, a fucking pipe hitting squad we just go around and go cause cause havoc and then come back Hell yeah and then go get water and drink a monster and then go back out and do it again it was, <laughs> right. ridic- it was ridiculously yeah. awesome bro we had a lot of fun yeah the other cool part about that is is a lot of the attachments work on your airsoft guns so you can try out red dots you can find out that man this lpv lpv is great but it's pretty heavy after a while. Yes, it does. You know, maybe I'll go back to the magnifier. So you actually get to sort of test out your kit. To yeah, you test degree. out your apps. That's another great point, man. Testing out the kit. Um, it made me realize how much I don't like having stuff in the front of my plate here. Uh, mm. I like to keep things slim. So if I go prone or right. like going through prone, going in between people because people are too busy in their own world and they don't want to move. So it's like if I have like 16 magazines in the front of my body or like I carry the med pouch, I carry the mags, I carry this, this, and that. I'm like that much more bigger. Plus, right. plus, like me and my friends, we all run like actual armor, like sappy plates, during these events. We're not running around with empty vests, so we ran our real gear. So, like all of us ran our actual gear that we we're on the range with. We right. ran that at these events. So, like I was like my buddy Anthony has like for some reason I think it's like RMA. They're like level four sappy plates that he got on a great deal. 
some I forgot what his excuse was, but <laughs> he he got those plates, man, and like they weigh as much as a fucking tire. Jesus. Like a fucking full tire. <laughs> and he's running and you see at the end of the day his cabs were like screaming, Help me Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Up. And his shoulders are red and you're like, Oh my god. He's like, Help me <laughs> and You're like, What the fuck, dude? All these lighter plates. Like, yeah, need yeah. some lighter plates and I'm like, holy crap. But we, we run a real gear and it's a great way to validate it, great way to test it, great way to see what actually works and what doesn't. So it's super fun, holsters, um, I was, I got a weird stick up my ass and I'm like, all right, dude, I'm gonna run around with a gas blowback 1911. And I put a Streamline, oh, I put a, a Surefire X300 on it and I was running that and I shoved it in a Glock 34 holster and I was like, oh my God, this works. I was shooting people with like, my pistol. And then I got a um, company called PTS. They built me a gun that's to mimic my, like my, uh, my duty gun. So uh, like a 10.3 inch barrel, so it's a little bit shorter, but I put a Aimpoint T2, a real one, on a Scalarworks mount. I put a full B. Myers Mall, um, like, laser, DA, like, the full power. Put that on the front of the gun, and I put a mod light on that thing, too. I mean, not, I'm not going to say I had pointed lasers at anybody, but <laughs> everything came in really, really handy. I bet. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking legit, dude. It was like, because we ran around with, like, tracer BBs, too. So, like, the, the oh, they're tracers, straight up. So, like, your suppressor has, like, uh, a light. And like a, a yeah, camera. a little flash. Yeah, flash. So, when the BB flashes, when the BB goes through the tube of the suppressor, it sends, like, a little pulse of light. At the BB and the BB just glows. So wow. literally, you sit there and go six, 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 as fast as you want. You just see the BBs flying out of your barrel, glowing. Dang. So like under night vision, it's super sick. So you put nods on and you do that shit, and literally you can just track your BBs. Dude, it's super dope. That's changed a lot. When I was a kid, we had like we had Walmart airsoft guns. guns. Yeah, but they were nothing like this today. Oh, dude, airsoft guns will go get you in about in the thousands range. Seriously, yeah, yeah. That, that's the biggest hurdle for me to go out there and and do it myself because I'd love to do that too, uh, but I need we'll get I need an up. airsoft gun. Yeah, we'll get you set up. We'll That'll get you set up. We'll get you in contact with the right people. I would I, love to do that. Go out there and film and and just have a blast. It's fun. It's addicting. I haven't heard anybody say anything negative about it. Now I'm sure there's some people who've got their egos attached, or whatever, and who can't just can't have a good time. Yep, there are. They're out there everywhere. Yep. But whenever you've got a group that you go with. And you're out there to have a good time. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like sick. it's like the thing on the internet. It's like, don't worry about what I'm doing. Worry about yourself, bro. Like yeah. exactly. So I worry about my friends. We all go together, have a great time, and then that's all that matters. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Have I gotten butt hurt at those events? Fuck yeah, I have, dude. Sure. I absolutely, have gotten butt hurt. I'm not gonna be non-human if I didn't say I did. I remember. Well, I mean, if you weren't competitive at all, I would say yeah, yeah. well, never get butt hurt. Yeah. But if you've got any sort of competitive bone in your body, oh, you want to win. Yeah, you want to win. And you want to do well. People talking shit or whatever. People like you know, it's airsoft BBs, and I have to realize that sometimes when you shoot somebody, they may not feel it, bro. I get yeah. it. And then it's like, hey, motherfucker, I shot you. It's like. Oh, fuck, calm the fuck down. I'm like, fuck, don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's little things like that. Especially so it gets, it, gets, it gets frustrating. But other than that, like the airsoft, the sport of airsoft is growing. Yeah. And it's it's a trend. It's like you had to get the, fu- you get the fuck on or get left behind, bro. So oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of like using it for whatever I can to exploit it for whatever I can get out of it. Sure. That'll benefit me in my real world application as a cop or anything else I do. Hell, even just alone, physical fitness. Oh, my God. We burned some calories. Okay. We lost, like, you know those liquid IVs? Oh, yeah. So you're those. only supposed to have, like, one every, like, day or, like, one every six hours. Yeah. Um, we didn't, we were, we were so dehydrated. Um, 
my buddy and Anthony, my buddy Anthony and I were like, we, we got we got shot and we walked all the way back to the spawn point and they try to make it to where it's like you don't want to get shot. It's like um playing Battlefield. Right. If you get shot in the middle of the shit, you have to go spawn all the way back because the enemy has all the cat points. You have to run all the way that much further. That's what Copperhead was for us, but it was like in real life. You get shot, you're out of lives, and you're like, no medic, and you're like, well, I'm going to start this walk. And you kind of like stand there with your red rag. So you get shot and put a red rag on your head. You yeah. kind of stand there waiting for one of your homies to get shot so he'll walk back with you. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. We sat there, me and my buddy Anthony walked all the way back to the spawn, and like we, we, there was a truck there. We went underneath the truck try to take a nap we our heads were hurting bad and then we all said oh i have liquid ivs dude let's put it in water and drink it drink one maybe two three all in like one sitting and then our buddy brian was like you're not supposed to do that man and then i were like what it's too late now <laughs> it's like we were like it's too late it's like this is like really bad for your like liver or something like that yeah. i'm like oh <laughs> you got a lot of sodium you're gonna be Pissing, yeah, dude. pissing out kidney stones. Bro, it was quick. fucking yeah. bad. But, I mean, obviously, thankfully, like, it, it was so bad to the point that, like, our carriers were just wet. Just was wet. Like, Damn. Bo- it, like, the water was enough to come into the, from your shirt that you were wearing to the back end of this carrier and get wet all the way around to the front of your front, your mag pouches are wet. And I was Jeez. like, we're dripping sweat, dude. It was fun, though. Yeah, so you probably needed to replenish some we of We needed to, yeah. but, like, was that the right way? Maybe normal water would it have done? But nah, we ain't that we ain't a bitch. There you go. Double down. Yeah, That's we, what I'm about. we go in all the way, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> I know recently you did a uh, the sniper school with yep. Sidewinder. Sidewinder concepts. concepts. Yeah. So was that for something with police itself? It was, was that like a qualification? Yep. So yep. now you are officially yep. qualified for the police sniper stuff, pretty much. Yeah. So um, work started up essentially like a sniper program. They wanted to start something up. So then my buddy Brian, so my buddy Brian Kuntz, um, the other Brian, not the Brian you met sure. today. Yeah, yeah. So Brian, um, prior SF dude, uh, was a Green Beret, did GRS stuff and has done some really cool stuff. And his day, him and I have grown really close. We've been buddies now since like 2018, 2017. We've been buddies for quite some time. Um, I've been like at different agencies and he's been at different agencies. We finally came to the same agency together. So we're, it's, it's like, I, I love working with one of my best friends. It's awesome. Yeah. So him and I, I was talking to him like, Hey dude, I kind of want to try to go to like sniper school. And he's like, dude, I'll go with you. And I'm like, okay, well let's see if work would, you know, essentially allow us to start a program of some sort. Cause uh, we had a sniper at our agency, but he since retired. Um, so he was a sergeant at the agency, cool ass dude. But yeah, he, he left, retired, and he's like, I'm going to move somewhere else now because Washington is interesting. I'm like, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, as you as you know. And so um, we were like, all right, cool. So we reached out to Sidewinder Concepts. And we came in. Uh, you have instructor certifications for training. He's like, I do. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, is there a way you could put on a sniper basic? He's like, yep, consider it done. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Dude is confident as shit. I was like, bro, that's kind of cool. So super confident in his abilities, and the dude put his money where his mouth is. He literally came up with a course curriculum. He had everything written up and it's already been like ominous, ominous by the police department. So after that, we went to the course. It was five days long and long hours. It was like the, the course schedule said like 10 hours a day, but we were working for like th- for 12 hours a day at sometimes, sometimes 13 or 14. Cause we'd stay yeah. out late and do like night vision stuff under night, uh, under nods and precision under nods and whatever. So I built out a Remington 700 and then I put a Macville chassis, the pro 700 chassis on it. Got a Griffin mount, put a Griffin can, Vortex Razor HD Gen 2, and that thing was hitting targets up to grand and in. Low percentage shots up to 450, so like little hostage flippers, 450 yards, no problem. 
it just, we were rocking right. it. Yeah, yeah. tripods, uh, unconventional shooting positions, whatever. Um, and he taught us, like, his biggest thing was, like, I'm going to teach you how to, like, run the gun. I want to teach you the ins and outs of the gun, the ins and outs of the programs you're going to need, um, basic sniper field craft and whatever. And, like, we, he ran us through everything. And now it's, like, I feel comfortable deploying my gun if in case certain scenarios require at work. Um, there have been certain times at work where it's, like, I could have pulled my bolt gun for certain things, but I'm, like, no, nope, I'm going to stick with the rifle because – Obviously, here we're not like a majorly large agency where right. if I decide to pull a bolt gun out, I have like 30 dudes there. Now, exactly. It's like if I make the decision to pull a bolt gun, there's only now instead of five dudes on the ground, there's only four. And I'm Mojo's back somewhere else. So we it's picking and choosing, right? But now that we have this thing started up, um, hopefully the other – we've become an asset to everyone around us. And that's the goal because uh, that's kind of like – those kinds of schools, what I feel like they do is it. Yes, you get some good knowledge, but it really, really reinforces a new standard in your brain. So for me, like how I zero a gun, the precision capability with any platform in general, and like all these other nuances that came with the whole the, the title of a sniper, um, I carried that over to everything. So now it's like if a gun is not hitting where I need it to go, it's either I don't use the gun, or my zero is not good enough, and I will not I will not use the weapon system unless it's like like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like I was having issues with some of the stuff with my my six five Creedmoor, and I'm like, all right, cool. Until I figure this out, this is not going in the back of my police car. Because, like, that's, you know, I'm not okay with that. Because uh -huh. if I have to save your kid, save someone else's kid or something like that, I'm not saying you have kids, but if I'm, I wouldn't save someone that you love with that. I wouldn't trust it because I want it to be 100% all the time, every time. So, again, that's, like, one of those standards that got reinforced in my brain. Right. So then now I'm like, all right, cool. So that school alone has taught me a lot about myself. My capabilities, what I'm able to do, and what I can, what what can I, what can I achieve essentially? So that's like one of the bigger nuances, especially when you talk about like college, right? People are like, have you been in college? Yeah. Okay. So and I'm, everyone else probably here has been to college of some sort. Um, I always thought like, college is fucking stupid. I'm like, this is I'm never gonna go. But what college did for you was show you that you had the ability to show up to a place at a designated time, learn a certain material, and no matter how stupid it was or mm -hmm. how much you didn't agree with it or did. Um, take that information in, regurgitate it, show that you were able to retain a piece of knowledge, and then that carried on. And so when an employer hires you, it's like, hey, we're going to take the person with a degree. Why? Oh, not necessarily because they're a degree in business management. It's the fact that you got a degree that was pretty decently hard to get or whatever the case may be, and you were showed that you were able to meet a minimum set of standards to be able to accomplish right. that goal. So same thing with, again, with any like professional school that you go to for law enforcement, for military, for whatever – like, if I go to an instructor course, it showed that I met the minimum requirements to be able to do that. Now, do people skirt by off the fucking by cunt hair? Yeah. Yeah. So sure. not all people deserve, not all people are created equal, obviously, in terms in terms of that aspect, where it's like, uh, um, people are created equally, sorry. But that's bad, we can't say that. <laughs> uh, but in terms of, like, not all instructors are created equal. Absolutely. Right? So this guy may be super solid. This guy may, they got the same cert. I mean, they're good, right? Yep. Not necessarily. Clint Smith said something about that. He's like, what do you call the the uh, the doctor that, or the, the guy who graduates medical school at the very last of his class? Doctor. Doctor. Right. So, and he's like, ask me how I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> evidently he got the worst one for, oh for whatever reason. But, yeah, I mean, it's true. You can pass the minimum, but the difference between the bottom and the top is pretty significant. Yeah, it's one of those things for me. It's like, I mean, I don't. People around me don't drive what I do. If people will hate it. People like it. I have no one to impress. Um, I mean, if anything, my, my goal is to impress my family, my parents, yeah. or something like that, right? That's what I want to impress. I want to make them yeah. proud of me, right? 
But realistically speaking, a lot of the time, like, in my brain housing group, I'm like, I got to put my money where my mouth is, bro. Like, I have sure. to. I cannot. You know what I mean? It's like, all of a sudden, oh, Mojo had finished sniper school. Could he run a bolt gun? It's like, yeah, put my money where my mouth is. That's the goal. That's the goal. Oh, Mojo's a firearms instructor. He's been to SWAT <laughs> school. Oh, whatever, whatever. Can he actually, like, run a gun? It's like, yeah. Because yeah, I've, I've seen other sides of the coin. People all talk. Oh, I've been to this school. I've been I've done this. I've been to been to this place. I've been in combat 16 times. I can't run a gun. Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, does combat immediately correlate with running a gun in the, way, in the sense that we're talking about? Not necessarily, right. but at the same time, in the context of certain people use it, they're like, I've been to combat six times. I know how to run a gun, dude. It's like... Right. Well, I mean, after today, I could say that I, I trained with a you know a police sniper and former, <laughs> or a, a marine and all this. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't mean I'm any good. You know what I mean? Like, you actually, you guys actually surprised me because you guys are like talking about how rusty you were. Um, again, a couple takeaways like for like as we talked about, you guys are actually really solid shooting today. I appreciate it. It was that. awesome. So you guys are running the rifles, great. And I I literally remember because like just for your guys' essay, if you guys watch the cold start from my channel, straight up. I, had, I literally walked up to his window. I'm like, cold start, you're coming up with it. And he's like, wait, you mean I'm not doing it? I'm like, oh, you're doing it, and you're also coming up with it. And he's like, oh, well. And I saw him walking down to the range and, like, pacing back and forth yeah. with the drill. And I'm like, oh, the panic is sitting in. Yes. yes. So I remember watching that. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll see where this goes. We'll see how much fun this is. But I forgot where I was going with that one. But realistically speaking, like, you you guys absolutely, like, killed it. Well, so, I appreciate that. Yeah, you guys, you guys did great. Uh, I was expecting to see a lot more low left shots. I was expecting to see, like, expecting to see things uh, way out right field, way off left field. Nah, you guys were fucking solid. Well, the uh, the safety stuff has always been something that is like hard ingrained into mm -hmm. me. So the the other fundamentals, like we talked about, grip pressure and all that. I'd say uh, that's mostly driven from I want to be able to track that dot like it's nothing and stay in my sight picture the whole yeah. time. Um, but where the balance is between how hard I want to actually lay down on that thing and yeah. how relaxed you need to be to mm -hmm. actually absorb the recoil, uh, that is really what it comes down to. When it's, you're it's redirecting. Around. It's redirecting the pressure. That's literally all it is. It's not anything crazy where it's like I need to vice the gun or I need to relax more. The only thing I will say for people, they need to relax their shoulders. A lot of guys are like, that was me like, for sure. Yeah, relax your shoulders. Um, letting the angles work for you and like letting like letting your body do most of the work. It's like, yeah. why stand up here all day when I could just do this? Take some pressure off. Sure. Still doing the same thing, practically using most of the same muscles, but now this is more comfortable as I'm sitting here. And then all of a sudden when this doesn't become comfortable, what am I going to do? I change the position again. No big deal. Yeah. Always put yourself in different positions. Yeah, and I mean, you said it earlier about putting your money where your mouth is when it comes to running that gun. When you ran that bolt, on that bolt gun, I like, Jesus, because <laughs> I already know that you can run a pistol really fast, but a bolt too is like boom, boom, like <laughs> what did you put in that thing, Crisco uh, or no, what? No, no, it's um, I watch, I learned a lot from like watching videos right before school. Really? Yeah, bro. Like, so you didn't sit in front of your TV and just work? I mean, that I bolt? did that too. Oh, okay, all right. I did that right. too. Okay. The, the, it's a stock Tika. That Tika I bought literally last week, so th there's not a lot of cycles through it yet. But um, watching a lot of uh, Philip Vallejo, the dude on uh, YouTube. I don't know if you've ever watched this stuff. Prior, a former Marine, Semper Fi Dallas brother. So former Marine, Scott Sniper. Um, I watched, and I I would like stop. I'm like, he cycles a boat fast. I'm like, how much efficiency is he getting out of that? Like how? So then I would like screen record him on my phone. And then when I'd screen record it, 
I'd take my two fingers, zoom it in, and I'd watch. And I saw him doing certain techniques of, like, cycling the pole. Mm. And I sat there, and I started slow. I'm like, this makes sense. So it's like, cool, cycling the bolt fast. Can I hit the target? Eh, that's debatable. Come shoot. People have to watch the videos, see if I could actually hit a target or not, because I could say any day that, I, yeah, I could hit a target, whatever. But realistically speaking, in my brain, I was like, why do I need to cycle a bolt fast? As soon as that shot goes off, if I fucked it up or anything bad happened, I'm prepped and ready for the next shot to the point where I could fire it, see where the shot land, immediately cycle that bolt, and I know what the immediate correction needs to be so I could fire uh, to defeat wind, essentially. So I was like, the wind changes every three to five seconds, and I'm like, the wind's always changing. So when I was at school, I'd go, shoot. Because at first, I wasn't following through. I was shooting, and immediately, as soon as the gun came back, I would cycle the bolt. But now I'm like, all right, I shoot, boom, come back down. I see the trace, I see the impact. Oh, point two left. Okay, boom, made the correction, and I fire immediately after that. Because I'm like, all right, hopefully the wind hasn't changed much, and then boom, correction's been made, and I fired it. So I saw the, the the use of actually being able to cycle that bolt fast. It's like working fundamentals fast. Right. Now, if, I, if I'm doing an accuracy drill at 25 yards, do I need to do a, qu- a quick speed reload? Not necessarily, but at the same time, I want to e- exercise all fundamentals in, an, in a fashion to where it's, there's a lot of, there's um, more bang for your buck. Like yeah. you're, you're, it's economical movement. So I do that with pistols, rifles. So the goal is like at 25 yards, 50 yards, you'll see me go like to get the gun out quickly as if I was at seven. Right. No matter what. Same thing with a bolt gun. Same thing with a belt fed machine gun. Same thing with driving my car. Sometimes I shouldn't be doing that because I'm speeding, but you, know, you get what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's like, yeah, the, <laughs> the bolt thing came, like the bolt gun stuff felt very good. Um, it was a, it's a new learning curve for sure. A lot of new stuff to learn, and it's sure. a lot of nuances, but it's been so much freaking fun, dude. Yeah, so, it's I mean, expensive. you oh, well, of course, yeah. Everything in this is extremely expensive. You've, you've run pistols a lot. I feel like that was probably what you were at least known for, right. for a, in, in a lot yeah. of ways, but you run the shit out of a rifle, too, and a bolt rifle. <laughs> Which one's your favorite? Pistol because I could take it anywhere. Yeah. But the bolt action rifles have been so much fun, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm addicted to that, man. I don't I wish I had more space I could actually do it, but it's so peaceful. To so me. the thing is you can. You can make some stuff work. I mean, granted, yes. People will say you can't get training at hundred yards. Sure. With a precision rifle, yeah, it may suck. Sure. You, you are not gonna be able to do anything for wind calls, you're not gonna be able to do anything with holds or anything crazy like that. But in retrospect, there's still a lot that you can be accomplishing in terms of fundamental issue, fundamental stuff. So, like, you could set up, like, the drill we did earlier where we had, like, three different positions set up. Yeah. Like, a lower a lower kneeling, a high kneeling, and a standing. Do that 100 yards, but do it for groups. Right? You yeah. can practice the shooting groups, getting off the gun, getting back on the gun, setting up the position from a high kneeling, uh, from barricades or whatever, and just work that. You don't have to limit yourself. Um, yes, would we all like to shoot out to 700, 800 meters? Absolutely, we'd love to do that. Um, realistically speaking, do I have that here? I don't. I got 400 yeah. meters, and it's literally two minutes from this place, right? right. So I, I can do that, and it's a known distance, and I don't get to work as much. But um, don't limit yourself, dude. Like, Give it a try. Go out there and work some group shooting from standing tripod. Like, Get your gun set up on a tripod. Stand. Shoot a one, try to shoot a one-inch group. And if you don't shoot the one-inch group, figure out what you can do to correct the deficiencies. Oh, right. do I need to take more muscle support off the gun? Do I need to do the push-pull method? Do I need to make sure my gun is level? And you're working all those fundamentals that would still apply at five, six hundred meters. You're just doing it at hundred because that's all you got. Right. So now, when you're set, when you go out and shoot those further distances later on in the month or in the years or whatever, you're more prepared because you crush those fundamentals at hundred. 
That's why the same thing. It's like dudes are like, oh, yeah, anyone can shoot targets at seven. It's like, oh, not everyone can. Some people can't. Right. So if I work and crush those fundamentals at seven yards, as I further I go back, it's going to be a little bit easier for me because I've worked and mastered those – mastered it at that distance and mastered it within my own little cone of operations. So now I can branch out, and I'm a little bit more familiar, and I'm a little bit more comfortable. Oh, yeah. It depends, man. Yeah. They, sounds like I need to get a bolt gun. Then. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tika. Get a Tika. Okay. Tika. Um, Bergara and Tika are not bad, but in my experiences with bolts, because I've owned now two Tikas – one Remington and one Bergara. The Bergara was awesome. Um, I broke the bolt within two weeks of having it, three three weeks. One of the pins came out, and the bolt uh, the bolt retaining pin that keeps the bolt in the gun it snapped. It's from dry fire. Wow. So I was like, ooh. So Bergara sent me a sent me one in the back. And if I cycle the bolt too fast, too fast, sometimes the bullet flips inside out, like backwards. So Holy like shit. I, I cycle the gun too fast to the point where the gun can't, the bullet can't, the, the casing can't eject. So it just goes, it literally, it comes back out and it, 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 like the casing comes back out and it goes like, oh, I'm still coming back. Oh no. Ooh. And it flips, like it turns around and I'm like, oh, this is fucking annoying. So if you cycle the gun too fast, sometimes you get that Remington. It was great. But right now it went from a, uh, half a minute gun to a two minute gun. Now it's shooting two inch groups. Nothing has changed on the gun. And I'm like, this is annoying. So after that, I was like, oh, we get a six, five. Six out three more, less deviation in terms of like it's a little higher velocity, so the bullet goes right. a lot more straight for my standard police like sniper engagements. Let's say two hundred and in at the most. Two hundred is being like I'm thinking it too much, but like mm, two hundred and in, that gun, the bullet will get there. And today I barely had any hole. I had a point four hold at two hundred, whereas my three oh eight was like a point six point seven. So less hold because the bullet's going straighter and faster. So I'm right. like, I want that. Fighting the wind better. Oh, bro. dude, fighting everything better, bro. That 6.5 Creedmoor is the way to go. At the PRS, that's basically what everybody was shooting. Ugh. Either 6 or 6.5 Creedmoor, and um, not one person out there didn't reload their own ammo. Oh, yeah. I, I'm too I'm too lazy for that. I straight up have... I'm that asshole that spends the $40 for a box of 20 on 6.5 147 <laughs> ELD matches, and I'm like, why? <laughs> it's not cheap. No, it's not, dude. No. It kills me, bro. I recently just got, like... Uh, 400 rounds of Sierra Match King 175 grand for my 308 and I'm like mm, this is so yeah. expensive now I'm, I have to like tread lightly when I go shoot it fuck dude I want to expand the ammo man well the barrels too they wear out a lot faster than the than the regular rifles do from yes, what I've heard yeah the barrels I think that's what happened with Remington it's like the barrel yeah. shot out probably so I'm like so I have to get a fucking what is it a, a remage barrel from like Criterion they make some really apparently really good barrels so I'm probably going to go like 2 inches shorter because it's a 20 inch gun I'm going to go 18 just so I can have a smaller package in the back of my police car. Fuck it. <laughs> Might as well, right? Yeah. Play around with that a little bit. So going back to what you said earlier, you said that the uh, the Instagram that you had went through like five or six name changes. Yeah. Why'd you settle on Millspec Mojo? Actually, it came, the name came from a, a buddy because uh, I was like only running Millspec triggers and that was like my thing. Mm. Um, I was like, I ran Millspec triggers and my goal so it, it all derived from like drumming. So when I first started drumming, um, I would only run a single bass pedal, but I could do double bass with one foot. So dudes were like, oh yeah. And dudes became so reliant on the double bass pedal to be able to do certain fills because it was like, it was like a crutch. Oh yeah. Yeah, so it was like, doo, 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 doo. so they could do certain things and certain beats if they had a double bass. If you took away the double bass, they couldn't do it with one pedal. So I was like, well, and plus, like it was expensive to have a double bass pedal. Oh, sure. So rifle ended up getting a rifle and then started training more and then it was a mil spec trigger i was shooting faster than dudes with geyser triggers and like upgraded triggers 
And Dan's like, well, if I had my Geisley, I could outshoot you. I'm like, ah, you need something, you need uh, a tool enhancement to outshoot me. Yep. Or I can do it with whatever you hand me. Says something about you there, brother, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So so that kind of stuck. And so the, the mil-spec thing, like mil-spec mojo, bare minimum. So I also tried to come up with like bare minimum mojo. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is perfect. And so that kind of stuck. And then the mojo part came from Afghanistan when I was deployed um, Hilio, M-A-J-I-L-L-O. People couldn't pronounce it. So if you're like, Magelo, Mahio, Mahio, Yeah, yeah. Mahio, And then the w- one guy was just like, uh, something happened at work, and I got angry about something, and I was fucking very vocal about it. And then he called me um, Mojo Jojo. Ah. Sergeant, Sergeant Rich. Sergeant Rich, dude. Freaking buff motherfucker. <laughs> I miss that dude. God damn it. He was a, it was a grunt. So he looked at me, he's like, fuck, motherfucking Mojo Jojo. And I'm like, huh. He's like, yeah, you know that little motherfucker from the Powerpuff Girls that gets angry all the time because he's so small? Yeah, that's you. I'm like, fuck. So then everyone stuck with Mojo. Mojo, Mojo, Mojo. Like, God damn it. It's stuck, dude. Fuck. So then yep. after that, that's where it came. So then I just combined the Zoom, Millspec, Mojo. Yeah, everybody wants a kick-ass nickname in the military. And unfortunately, they always give you like the shittiest oh, one. It was better than Mangina. I got Mangina for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mojo is significant. Yeah, Mojo's better. I'll take it as a win, bro. I'll take it as a win. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's super yeah. funny. I've said the same thing about like, you know, like, oh, maybe I should get a staccato because I want to shoot real flat. Like, well, I should be able to shoot real flat with a stock Glock 19. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like with standard everything. Because if I can do that, then of course when I pick up a staccato, it's going to shoot real flat. Exactly. Right? So. No, is there anything wrong with upgrades? Nah. Not no, of course If it not. helps you. Fucking send it, man. I think it's because I don't own a Glock currently. I, I haven't ever bought one so far. I just think it's funny that that Glocks are perfect, but the first thing everybody does is replace every part inside of it. Yeah, and it's like why? Yeah, but I think it's 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 the like own. the Honda Civics whatever. Like I don't, sure. I don't know this stuff the cars, but it's a it's a great model to buy base, and it's like a perfect so you can build off of it. Yeah. It's like an AR, and that's why I think people have grown in with that mentality. Um, yeah, I'll, I have one gun with a non-stock trigger, and that's going to be my Glock 43X MOS because the stock trigger on the 43X is, I hated it. Hmm. So I bought, like, an agency arms trigger, and I threw it in there, and that's it. And then I have one gun with a Geisley, rifle with a Geisley, and that rifle is for my DM gun. So I carry a bolt gun in the back of my trunk of my, uh, trunk of my car, and I carry a 11.5-inch uh, designated marksmanship rifle. So it's 11.5-inch with a 1 to 10 on it from Vortex. So that thing's got a Geisley trigger in it. So that thing shoots sub-minute groups every day, any day of the week with my duty ammo. It's fucking solid. So I have a Geisley trigger in that thing. And then obviously my Tika, whatever trigger came with the Tika, I got that in that thing. I don't want to change that out. And then, yeah, my, my all my Glocks, uh, they just have a lot of bullets through. So they feel really good. Dude, they really did. Yeah, they feel really, I've, really good. I've only shot a Glock like maybe one other time before that. And I think it was, it was Corey's. But that thing was like, that was loose. It was solid. Like the grip felt good. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, you know, you didn't have your own custom stippling or anything like, like that. that. Nothing atrocious I mean, on it. Does that stuff help? And there are plenty of dudes that do a really good job at that stuff. But I don't, I don't feel like I need that. My money could go to ammo. Hell <laughs> like, yeah. I'd like to buy ammo so I could shoot the gun that people spend $6,000 on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Because like a lot of the guns that I've played with and I own now, like a 2011, the Glocks, I have like six Glocks, a 2011, a SIG 229, a Browning High Power, a, a freaking Mark IV, like 22 with a suppressor on it. I have a bunch of random guns. Um, but yeah, I always find myself going back to Glock. Yeah, 
it's just one of those things. I carry both the 2011 and the Glock on duty. Uh, but yeah, I always find myself going like, when mm-hmm. if I need a gun for like shit's about to go down at work, I'm probably I'm probably gonna take my Glock. <laughs> you think that's just because you have more time on it? I think so. I would I would also agree with that. It's like definitely have more time on it. If I spend a lot more time with the other guns, sure. But you know, 2011s don't. Am I from at least from what I've seen from a while back ago? They never had the best track record because there were like mm-hmm. issues with malfunctions and plates coming off and doing whatever. So I was kind of like, eh. and there, there's a precision made weapon. Like 2011s are custom guns practically. Yeah. So they go through a lot of different QC and whatever. But their problem is like any little thing will throw that off. A Glock, you could tiny little grain of sand is gonna jam up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it might. It, it, there are people that disagree with that, I and mean, I'm glad that they disagree because they have good experiences with it. But for me, I've seen Glocks go through a lot, and they work just fine. So for now, I'm like, my end of the world guns will be a Glock. Hell yeah. For sure. Plus, I mean, the end of the world, if you're talking about finding parts, Glocks, oh, Glocks will be, everywhere. be the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to someone's house that has, like, a, a gun sticker on their driveway. If they have a gun sticker on their truck in their driveway, I'm like, oh, you probably have a gun safe in there. Yeah, good. exactly. I'm going to take your Glock stuff. <laughs> so it would probably be a good idea to get rid of all your stickers and all your identifying information that says exactly what you got yeah. in your car. Oh, you see it. It says Glock. It says Sig, it says Sig Sauer. It says Surefire, as I have a Surefire sticker in the back of my truck, too. I should probably get rid of that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, they, yeah, I mean, if you got expensive stuff in your car, that's a pretty good way of saying it. Yeah, I usually don't keep stuff in the car, thankfully, or in the truck. That's a good so idea. I, yeah, all that shit goes in. What? Well, I'll keep it in the police car because the police car sits around under a camera at the house. So I've got a camera on it, so anyone touches that thing, <laughs> got you. Yeah. But, I mean, it depends, man. I mean, I again, lots have been great. My ARs have been great. We've been, my buddy Anthony and I, a couple other guys have been dabbling in the AKs. We all got the Paul, Paul State AK 104s, 103s. Um, yeah, AK 104s, and then our buddy Anthony ended up getting like a 545 AK because he wanted to be weird. So he got a 545, and the rest of us got 762 by 39. So we've been dabbling in the AKs a little bit, and my biggest thing is like trying to master the weapon system. So I like sit there and I'm like, how can I make this better? How can I uh, not make this better? But how can I learn to run the gun efficiently? Because it's all all guns are mechanically the same. Pull the trigger, racket, the slide goes, whatever. Gun yeah. cycles, it does its thing. So like been playing a lot with MP5s, AKs, and then my standard ERs, and then the Scar Heavy I own now, and then like the bolt gun stuff, and they're all just sitting on a rack at the house, and so yeah. I pick and choose whenever we want to go out, and we're working on specific things, like, hey, it's going to be a sub month, a sub gun month, so this whole month we're just running sub guns, or like, hey, like double action pistols, I have two of them, Beretta and the SIG, and I'm like, all right, let's play around with whatever. Yeah. I like to dabble in everything that I feel has like a really good application, if not, a gun that'll force me to execute the fundamentals more better, like, this, like the, the Beretta. Like, I ran, like, I was actually, I think for, from the years of 27, 2018 to 2019, 2020, like, I was known for a Beretta. Hmm. I was running around with a Beretta. So I was doing drills better than people with, like, this custom guns, and I was running a stock Beretta M9A1. That was my thing, dude. The Beretta was my thing. And I was like, yeah, see, it doesn't matter what you got, as long as, it's, as, long as you know how to work the system. That's right, yeah. So, ran a Beretta, and then... I did, like, stock-ass rifles with Berettas, and I was outdoing dudes with, like, fancy-ass guns with, like, pistols and rifles. Hell, Hell yeah. That's something that uh, stuck out to me from Clint Smith a while ago. He said he just wants you to be a student of weapons craft. Be able to pick it up, know how it works, be familiar with the different weapons platforms, mm-hmm. and, and know how to run them. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's super important. Um, understanding the guns and just have a mechanical understanding of like how guns work mm-hmm. and if you figure that out then every gun like you pick up you're like oh, i have an idea of what this does 
I think I know what this does. I think I can figure this out. Whether it be like you being able to clear the gun or run the gun or whatever, it's up to you. But I like to be able to prefer, like be able to play around with everything. Yeah, the first time I picked up an AUG, nobody had explained how to use it or anything like that. But I'm like, okay, charging hand. Okay, magazine's back here. It seems pretty straightforward. Yep. No problem. But don't shoot that thing left-handed, just as an oh, FYI. Yeah. Uh, uh. yeah, it gives you brass to mouth pretty much instantly. Oh, yeah, oh. it gave me a nice, oh, right there. <laughs> Big old fat lift. Yeah, a lot of those bit. guns will do that. You know, like any right-handed gun, too, will usually mess you up with the, the because the AUG is, the ejection's, like, way back Pretty there. far back. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty far back. It's like you get you sit up here, and you just gonna literally sit there, and the brass is going to go into your mouth. Yeah, like just took once. <laughs> just took once. I'm, I'm done. Like, Let's watch I'm gonna shoot right handed now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. Proper handed. Remember, there's right and there's wrong. That's right. He's not right. So what that what does that tell you? Yeah, put that out there. He's not he's not wrong. I know I'm not. That's why I said it. All right. We could probably talk for another couple hours. We could. But your time is very limited. I appreciate you coming on I, the show. I appreciate you having taking me. us out to the range. And uh, entertaining us today it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys coming out. I appreciate the people that are in here watching and listening to me speak. Uh, apologize, we're all super tired. I'm like losing my, I'm like slurring words now because like I'm like <laughs> my eyes are just like kill me inside. But no, um, the, the privilege was mine. I, I appreciate you reaching out and wanting to actually come hang out and do some training. Hell yeah! Like you, you literally didn't, you didn't try to tighten any reins. You're just like we're gonna hang out with you for the day, dude. Whatever you want to do, I'm like. Yep. Fuck yes, and this exactly. is how it should be. I, I, yeah. I love this. I had a fucking blast today, dude. Dude, I appreciate that. Of course, man. I appreciate you. All right. Like, subscribe. You know where to find Mojo. We'll link it down in the description below. All that good stuff. This will, of course, be on Spotify, YouTube, all the iTunes, and all that good stuff, too. So if you guys are listening, I appreciate that. Go check out his channel and our cold start that we did. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for shopping with Gunmag Warehouse. Thanks for watching, guys. Stay free. America.